Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I want that to be uh, more of an announcement than a greeting. You know, it is a good morning. It's a good morning to be in church, to worship God with this worship band, whether you're online or whether you're in this room. It's a good morning to be alive, breathing, free, enjoying the good gifts of God, whether that's a walk in nature this afternoon or a great lunch with some friends family, or an NFL playoff game. It doesn't matter. Good gifts from God. And it's a good morning to be in the second week of this series called Becoming Builders, Builders of Community. And last week, Nikki Paul, I did just a powerful good job uh, of starting our series. She uh, is one of my heroes. She works with our teenagers, our big house group, and for years and years, and she's a great youth director, a great therapist, uh, I recommend Neki often, uh, and her point was, if we want to be in community, if we want to be a builder of community, we need to be real people. We need to take off our masks. We need to quit being fake and inauthentic. And uh, then she said something I wrote down, even while I was listening. Being, uh, this is what she said, being honest about our brokenness is often where God does real healing. Being honest about what hurt us, where our brokenness is, is often where God does real healing. I, I just thought uh, that was powerful, and uh, I've experienced it in my life, and uh, Nikki had, and I know many of you have. Week two of the series, this morning, Doug was going to be teaching this, but uh, with his house fire, uh, I'd stepped in for him. Uh, and uh, here's the uh, question I want to ask you to begin with. When you discovered that our January series was on becoming builders, builders of community, what was your inside response to that? Were you eager? Were you like, nah, I wish we were doing something else? What, where were you in that? Because I want to talk to you at the beginning of my teaching about this value, this strategy we have in our church called, uh, uh, you know, being in community. And so we have a mission uh, that is really given every Sunday, helping next generations encounter Jesus, follow Jesus, and bless a broken world, right? That's our, our mission statement. That's what we're about. That's how we make our decisions. Is this going to help us follow, in next generations follow and encounter Jesus? And is it going to bless a broken world? So in order to reach that mission, we as a church have four strategies. Now, we've had these for years. Uh, belong in community. That's what we're talking about this morning. But invest in others, worship God, engage the Bible. Those are our four strategies. And what Linda and I have been uh, thinking about lately is they're not just strategies for a church. When we look back at our life of wanting to become stronger and stronger followers of Jesus, these are strategies for our life, for our family. Yes, we need to belong in community, not just as a church member, but as a family. We need to invest in others, not just as a church family, as a family. We need to worship God. We need to engage the Bible. These are important strategies. And you might even ask yourself, how am I doing, uh, not just in the church work, but how am I doing in my life with these strategies? Um, now, we don't always announce this, but this is what's behind often our teachings, month after month after month. Let me point that out. In uh, November, 
we taught on our giving series. And that fit under investing others. And then in December, we, we taught on songs of Christmas. And where did that fit? Worshiping God. And in January, we're belonging community. Now, in February, we're going to do a series called Intentional Family. I think that'll be the name of it. And um, that's investing in others and community kind of together when we're talking family. And then for Lent, we're going to cover Hebrews. And even though every Sunday we engage the Bible, I'll engage it this morning, when we cover Hebrews in Lent, we're really focused on engaging that piece of the scriptures. So I just want you to know we're covering these strategies over and over again. Now, building, be, being in community, I think we have three groups of people in the room and online, and I want to just talk about the three groups of people. Some of you understand deeply the importance of being in community. You look back at your life and you say, man, my being in deep friends, deep friendships has really changed my life. It's changed the trajectory. And so, in fact, some of you are at Orchard Hill Church or Chaos or Big House or Basic because it's a place to uh, get in community, to build deep friendships, like-minded followers of Jesus, being together. It's given you a place for deep relationships. You've gotten into community here. And you understand it and you invest in it regularly. You're in a small group or a work team or whatever. Group two, you're the undecideds in the room. You see these four strategies that we had up. You see them. And you go, well, you know, that's really not why I came to Orchard. I came to Orchard for something else grabbed my attention. Maybe it was the worship music. Or maybe it was the mission. Or maybe it's our teaching team. Or maybe it's our work with partners like Habitat. And you're going, well, I don't know whether I really want to do more with deep friendships at the church right now. I, I just don't know if it's worth the time and the effort and the emotional energy it'll take. I know you're out there. And then there's a third group. And some of you believe that you in your heart are opposed to a next step into deeper community because it will cost more than it's worth. It'll take more time. It'll cost emotional friendships and who needs any more friends anyway, right? Some of you are in that. You've tried small groups. You've tried having deep friends. You've tried letting down your guard and it hasn't gone that well. The small group fell apart. The friend walked away. It hasn't gone well. People don't seem to affirm you or your journey. It's not fun. Rather than being helpful, your experience tells you it was hurtful or painful or a waste of time. If that's you, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's been your experience. But it does not change the fact that Nikki said last, last week, we were created to be in community. We were created for this. And I want to lift it up just a minute more. The science, you know, when, when God creates a truth, sometimes science discovers it, right? That's the way it works. So we don't need to be afraid of science. We don't need to be afraid of our culture. We just need to look and say, how do those things match up with the truth that God gives us in his word? And so science, remember blue zones? 
Cedar Falls is a blue zone city. Waterloo, I believe, is a blue zone city. It's this, it's this research, scientific research, that identified areas of the world where people live longer and healthier and better. And they came up with nine things that they discovered were true about people who live longer and healthier and better. And the last three things they discovered were all community. Seven, eight, and nine. Seven was people who connect with their community around them live longer and healthier. Eight was putting family, whether it's biological family or a chosen family, first, help people live longer and better. And number nine in this scientific study is choosing social circles that support healthy behaviors. Choosing social circles that promote the healthy behaviors you believe in. Okay. Now, our culture is also saying this. Uh, on Friday of this week, uh, Linda, my wife, and my son Jeremy and I went to a movie in town called Otto. I don't know if many of you have seen Otto yet. I actually recommend it. My wife watched the movie and said, Dave, you could just put that up on the screen at church instead of teaching this week. <laughs> it's about an old guy who's really crusty. And his son died. And his wife died. And he thought he could do life alone as a grumpy old crusty man. He didn't need anyone. And the movie is about how he discovers that he did need to serve others. He did need others in his life. And in fact, it saves his life. And he saves others. And, and the reason I lift that up is because our culture is saying that. Saying sometimes our workplaces need to be like a family. Saying sometimes our teams need to be like a family. We need to have deep relationships. Uh, the Bible uh, and Blue Zones and Otto, the movie, uh, they talk about the important reasons for being in community. So uh, let me give you uh, several. Uh, we were cr created to be in community, right? We were created to be in community. God did the whole creation, stars, animals, the firmament, the waters, the oceans, and then he did Adam alone, and what did he say? In all creation, there's only one thing that's wrong. This is not good. Genesis 1, it's not good for Adam to be alone. He needs to be in community. He needs to have a partner, right? Uh, Jesus modeled and commanded it. We're going to come back to that in a minute. It teaches us things we might not learn otherwise. When you're in deep friendships with people who are different than you, you actually have to learn how to see life differently. That's important as a follower of Jesus. Um, uh, we need it in times of celebration and challenge. And it helps us grow spiritually and relationally. It's really difficult to grow spiritually all by yourself. In fact, why did Jesus call 12 disciples? Why did he have three in the inner core? Because he knew it was important to be in community. So we need to lift up this value. Now, there are some things that community will not do for you. We just need to be honest about this. It will not love us unconditionally or perfectly. Some of these friends you're investing in, they're not going to do their friendship perfectly. They might even hurt you. They might even walk away from you. Uh, they're not always going to be there for you. They're not. They might try. There are lots of times I have good, good friendships and they have a tragedy and I'm out of town, I'm on vacation, or I'm just not able to be there with them. Not always be easy or fun, not always feel good. Nope. 
Those are things. It will not be true. So, just in review, some things communities, deep friendship, this value that we have can do. It can encourage you. It can make you smile. It can frustrate you to the core. It can let you down badly. It can build you up. It can teach you things. It can force you to have patience, stretch you, keep you from being isolated. You will be better together with others. It will force you to listen to people who have different ideas and convictions than you do. And that will be good for your soul. I've experienced it. We have a saying in the church, go far, go alone, Go fast, I had it backwards. Go fast, go alone, go far, go together. So what is this, how do you get in this community? Uh, small groups and classes that you can attend in the church. But it's so much more than that. I see some of you out in the lobby, every single week you talk to some of the same people. That's community. Couples come in and they stand in the same circle in the same place. That's community. Some of you sit by the same people. And as you're leaving, you have some of those conversations. Or there's moms morning out for moms. There's Route 55. For those of you reaching the best part of life, you know. Um, and I see Route 55 taking walks and on bike rides and having parties. and Teenagers and parents connect in the nursery as they serve together. The paddling ministry, where you kind of get in kayaks and go out to the Big Woods Lake together. The coffee teams. And it's more than that. It's your core family when you tuck your kid in at bed at night and have that deep conversation. That's community. It's the weekly call you have with that out-of-town family member that you look forward to every Sunday night. You go, hey, we're going to talk tonight. It's families that sit together on the sidelines at sporting events. I see you. You always sit with the same people, many of you, or concerts in the auditorium. Your work team, your neighbor kid. That's community. It's not just organized in a church. It's like anywhere you're building a deeper relationship. I would encourage some of you who are in those later two groups, group two, undecideds, group three, you're not really ready to invest. Map the community you do have. Write it down on a sheet of paper. Draw circles. Say, here's who I'm in deeper relationships with and take a look at it and learn from it. Now today, uh, I want to quickly talk about one um, destroyer of community and the antidote for that. And the destroyer of community that uh, the team really assigned me was this uh, destroyer called superiority. Superiority. When you think you have to be the smartest person in a room, when you think you need to stay in control, and the antidote for community modeled by Jesus was humility. If you want to be in, in, in community, you need to be humble. Practice humility. And some of this will push on some buttons in some of you because your experience and your story uh, and some of your business history 
tells you that you need to keep the upper hand in business and in your workplace and in your family. You need to appear to be the smartest person in the room. You need to stay in charge. You need to stay in control because if you're not in control, what is going to happen? How are you going to help anyone? You need to be smart, dominant, important, right, the expert. But that's not what Jesus modeled, and it's not what he commanded. Philippians 2. Uh, this is the book of Philippians, a letter to the church at Philippi. This is the Apostle Paul, who, by the way, in his early journey, was superior. I mean, he thought he was somebody. Now look at what he says. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, that's us, right? We're here today because we, we, we're united with Christ, many of us. We, we, uh, we feel comfort from his love. We have a common sharing in the spirit. We do. And if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete, says Paul, by being like-minded Having the same love, being, in, being one in spirit, one in mind, doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. In other words, don't be thinking you're too much. No vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Put other people first in line. Put them first in line. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. What's good for them, not what's good for me. What do they want, not what do I want. In your relationship one another, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now look at this. Who in fact, being in very nature God. Jesus is up here, right? He's made out of the same stuff God is. He has the same nature of God. He's like been eternal. He's been in heaven forever with the Father. That's who he is. Did not, did not consider equality with God something to be used in it, to his own advantage. He didn't stay here. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. So not only did he come and be one of us, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself to the servant role. He came to serve us. Remember, what is the reality? He's up here. What did he do? He came to be a man, and then he came to serve men, and he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. How do you live like that? Well, a couple verses later, in the same chapter of Philippians, it gives us a clue. Therefore, my dear friends, as you've always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Salvation is both saved and healed, Continue to work out your salvation, your healing, for it is, this is, uh, this phrase has been a part of my life for so long. God who works in you to will and to act. Have you ever prayed, God, help me want to and then help me do it? 
That's what the verse is saying. God will help us both want to and do it. Because so often when I'm praying, I don't even want to. I'm not even sure I want to be humble. I'm not even sure I want to put others ahead of me. And this verse says, you can pray. God will help you will it and act it. So there's a prayer. God, Father, help me want to be humble. Be that kind of person. Follow Jesus in that way and then help me do it. Some marks. What does it look like for God to will and act humility in you? Let's take a look at this next slide. We will choose, this is humble, we will choose to listen to others first. Before we share our ideas, we'll choose to listen to others first. We'll choose to learn from others. Even those who we don't agree with, we'll choose to see the good in others. We'll choose to serve others. We'll choose to give up our rights. That's humility. That's following Jesus. Jesus lived that way, and as we follow him and be his kind of people building his kingdom, we have to be like that. We choose to live this way not because we're less than others. No. Because we're children of the king. We're up here with Christ. But just like him, we get to become servants. Uh, it's counterintuitive, but it's the way the kingdom works. Sometimes, Amanda, her devotion during the songs, she said, God is at his best when we're not at our best. I've got several examples of that. Um, I, uh, I write a... Uh, birthday letter to our adult family members and our grandkids that are 16 or over every year on their birthday. It's affirming and encouraging. My son, Joel, uh, last year he wanted to be sure I never, I never get a letter, so he wrote me one. And so this letter from Joel, on my birthday, my 72nd birthday, um, he wrote uh, this, a really in, uh, encouraging and affirming letter. He begins, happy 72nd birthday, Dad. You're still spry for an old man. He continues later in the letter. I'm thankful for your energy and your investment in us and our kids. I don't have a lot of strong memories from my childhood. I have many memories of you intentionally playing with us and making that a priority. One specific memory I have is when you came and played church softball with us. I doubt you wanted to play softball, but you wanted to spend time with Ben and I. Let's talk church softball. <laughs> what Amanda said, when you're not at your best. I am terrible at softball. Luke, I see you smiling. I can't throw. I can't catch. It's embarrassing to fly, off, fly out to the pitcher in slow pitch softball two times in a row and then strike out. And yet my son is saying, Dad, one thing I remember and marked me. One thing God used in my memory is you not at your best. You at your worst. 
right? There's a lesson here for us. It's the way the kingdom works. I uh, did the same thing last weekend. I was not at my best. We have a slide, I think. This is me at Get Air with my nine teenage grandchildren. This is Kaya getting ready to knock me off the beam. <laughs> if I can even get my way out to the middle of the beam without falling off. Terrible. You don't have to do what you're the best at. In fact, this is one place where superiority creeps into our lives. I only want to do what I'm good at. I only what I want to do what I can win at. No. That's not following Jesus. We need to put other people above us. We need to serve other people, even in the areas where we end up looking foolish. I mean, this is foolish. I wasn't that happy to get out, knocked off the beam by every grandkid that I worked with. <laughs> Humbleness. Humbleness. Humility. Uh, one more verse from Galatians. But the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the Spirit. Let us keep in step with the Spirit. What is the Spirit saying? It's saying if you're a follower of Jesus, you need humility. You can't always look smart. You can't always look good. You can't always look athletic. You can't. Take the mask off. Let us not become conceited, providing, provoking and envying each other. Let's pray together. Father, uh, help us, dear God to be people who value deep friendship, who realize we were created for community. As hard as it is, as disappointing as it can be, Father, help us ask you. Help us will it. Help us want it in us. And then help us do it. Father, help us follow Jesus well in this way. Because he demonstrated it very clearly. Leaving heaven to come and be with us in community and then becoming a servant for us, even to the cross. In the name of the humble Jesus. Amen.